Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Since 71 podcast. On today's show, we have Ali Heppel and Sarah Ack from the Women's Soccer Show. And we're talking about short contracts, some of the transfers that have already happened and some of the transfers that need to happen. And a little bit about some of the facilities in the USA, in the NWSL. So yeah, enjoy. So we're here with Ali and Sarah, aliasly the Women's Soccer Show. Um, I thought I'd bring you back together just because... You probably haven't seen each other for maybe three days or something like that. <laughs> Four days. <laughs> yeah, it's been like two hours since we texted on WhatsApp, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, speak, I speak to Sarah more than I speak to my own mother at this point. And does Sarah help you out in more motherly ways than your own mother? Or <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm the wise one of the pair. Everybody who listens to our podcast knows that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. Lies of Manelli. <laughs> No, it's definitely, Ali had a wedding and I went to a festival and that's like a good screenshot of just like where we are in our lives right now. Exactly. And I was going to say like, yeah, congratulations to Ali. Um, congratulations to Sarah on your festival. Thank you. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. And Ali on the, the, you know, nuptials. Congrats. Um, we are you. here to talk about transfers and short contracts and everything in between the transfers and the short contracts. Something that happened today, Chelsea's signed... Kadisha Buchanan and I want to say from Leon, but she left Leon, so it wasn't from Leon. she was a free transfer because she was out of contract Chelsea are making statements they really are I mean this is kind of like a classic Chelsea signing in my opinion it's not you know I mean obviously we've said this before on, on our pod they, they, they obviously sign the big names like Sam Kerr but what really pulls their team together are signings like this where I mean it's just such a solid player who's going to bring so much to their pitch and training and elevate the level there and also just bring such a different added element to the field on field and to the arsenal of subs that they can put on. It's just such a, it's a classic Chelsea signing. I think if I were anybody else in the league, I'd be severely disappointed that you didn't get this pickup because it, I think it's probably one of the highlights so far of the transfer window. Yeah, for sure. And Eve Perisette as well, another a decent defender. So that's two defenders they've brought in. And they lost a couple of players. Um, you know, I, I want to know who they're going to push into G's position. Or, I mean, can you replace G? I know Ali's on the fence about G. I heard that enough. But she was an important... On the fence, I don't like her. So that's <laughs> very much off the fence. Well, you know what I mean. Um, as in, like, there's no fence anymore. Um, yeah. But she's she was an important player to that team. So it's someone that you have to replace. And I, I don't know if there's been rumours of who'd pick up that that role or that area as a yet. No, but we've still got time because like the window doesn't officially open until the 17th. Yeah. I believe. So there's still, this is just all the freeze that have been flying about that um, 
people have managed to get in and stuff. Because I know there's a few clubs panicking, like fans of clubs are panicking at the moment, like being like, my, my, my club haven't signed anybody. We don't know what's going on. And it's like, they can't yet unless they're on a, <laughs> can't announce it until the 17th when the window officially opens. Yeah, it is. It, and that, that kind of, it makes it funny because everyone's like, oh, but it, that people are signing. And it's like, yeah, they're not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the window. But then I was, I, I was thinking about Sam Kerr going. And she was announced in like October, November of that of 2019 and then started in January. So it's again, it's like they announced it, but they were about three months before. And I guess technically she was a free transfer because she just has rights in America. I don't know how that translates to like the UK. I don't know specifically how it works. I think I think her contract was well, actually, I'm not entirely sure if her contract was up. All it really means, I, I can speak to the part where, of America, like um, all it really means in the U.S. is that when, when and if she comes back to the NWSL, she goes back to the team that owned her rights initially. And and that's a, a whole different weird conversation that involves like NWSL transfer windows and such. Um, but I mean, yeah, like like Ali said, I think, I think we're going to see a lot starting in about a week. Yeah. Especially before, and definitely not Sam Kerr. I think that would be the surprise of a lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'd imagine she'd stay at Chelsea for. She's there till twenty twenty four. She signed. She extended her contract to the start of the year. But then you think about it, she was only there on a two and a half year deal. She was probably one of the most exciting forwards in the world, and they managed to get her for two and a half years. Like if that's anyone else, you're signing them. Well, anyone else, and uh, the parent club on their men's side would be signing someone for five years, six years. They'd be saying right you're not leaving here without us getting a lot of money somehow. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, the, the, the biggest forward, one of arguably the biggest forwards and most impactful players in the entire world gets signed to a two and a half year deal. I do wonder like, and I know we'll come on to short contracts. I do wonder how much of that was Sam Kerr, not knowing how long she might want to stay at Chelsea but then you can even look at the extension that you just mentioned and, and you'd think that if she's enjoying her time there and, and she's frankly in the prime of her career, this is the time where if if you're liking where you're at, this is exactly the moment to sign a five-year deal, something that will carry you into like and beyond the prime of your career and yet we're not even seeing that happen. Um, I, I would I would be shocked if really if I saw Sam Kerr elsewhere within the, within the next few years, she's got such a wonderful setup. But, but I mean, yeah, I'm it, the fact that Sam Kerr is, is only signed to that long and um, we could see a different Sam Kerr when her contract is up, which is pretty impactful for both the club and Sam Kerr. I mean, I've just been thinking that maybe like, you know, somewhere's maybe getting a bit older. She could go to Leon. They could easily take her at Leon with Hegerberg up top. Oh, that's, <laughs> I'm just worrying and thinking about that now. And I've not even got a team in the race for this. <laughs> but uh, sorry, this is me fan casting the uh the future of the uh, i can talk about sam kerr for hours if you want <laughs> we can really dive in <laughs> so chelsea made statements already man city have gone to spain yeah and hoovered up some of the more impressive talent there as an atletico fan leia alexandri and dana Cassianos are very good players but they were I mean, you know, Atleti the last two years, three years, haven't really performed as as they should, be it from a, a mix of managers coming and going or or what. But like Dana didn't really shine in Spain. Like she had a good return, 
but at any games I saw of her, she was kind of all over the place. She was kind of floating around in that midfield up just before, and you'd see her all over, and it's like, well, that's not really useful. She'd still score some goals. And Laia would, it was culpable for some mistakes, some simple mistakes. And I just, I don't know what City saw. It was the end of their contracts, but you know, when you're like, I don't know what City saw from what I've seen. It because... feels like a panic. It feels like a panic grab because if you look, Layla's a left back. That is Lucy Bronze's position. No, Layla's a centre back. Hey, they've got down as a left back. No, no, sorry, Layla Awabi, sorry, from yeah. um, Barcelona. Sorry, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, so she's a, I think she's a left back or right back. Yeah, I she's she... a left back. Yeah, an and... outside back. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> um, and... That doesn't denote. <laughs> And that's supposed to be Lucy Bronze's like replacement, and it's like the two aren't comparable, really. Like she, yeah, she played in Barcelona, but she didn't make that many appearances. She made forty six. She made forty six appearances for Spain. Um, and it's like Taylor's given the whole. Um, she's a player with a mind for a really long time. Have you or have you got her because she's free? I don't believe you, Taylor. I don't believe you. Well, I, someone was posting in, uh, on Twitter the other day about how like they don't think he's going to be here at, at the start of the season. And I'm like, you wouldn't put him with all these players then. You would have got rid of him at the end of the season. Why would you even bother like this progression that he wants to do? Um, I did air quotes for no one that can see the video that the three of us <laughs> are looking at. Um, but yeah, like he, they obviously have some kind of plan and it's slowly coming into effect because he couldn't hold on to some of the best players that City have had in a long time. I yeah, I mean, you, you say they have a plan, but I mean, the question more is if, they're, if they've been able to follow it. I, I totally agree with Ali. I think that City is absolutely panicking. And I think that we're kind of going to see that throughout the transfer window. I mean, obviously, I think that they knew who they were going to lose at the end of the season long before, not maybe not long, but, you know, obviously before before the general public found out. But those are losses that will take a lot of money and a lot of big signings to try to make up for. And otherwise they're looking at a season that they probably didn't account for. Um, almost, almost a rebuilding type season that they're going to have to start signing for in the transfer window. And, and they're kind of at an inflection point. And I think Gareth Taylor is really too, where they're either going to have to lean into this rebuilding process, or they're going to have to go out and make some like big name, big money signings to try to, really just get back to where they were at the end of the season and build from there. And they, they have to kind of pick their path. Otherwise they're going to end up floundering and it, it, it has to be a very intentional decision. And these moves have to be very intentional or we're going to see them fall. Yeah. I think, well, I was just looking at, you know, they've got Alana Kennedy, they've got Steph Houghton and then they've got these a couple of new defenders and they've got Greenwood who's playing more central and they've got Demi Stokes and you've got Esme Morgan back in, and you've got Ruby Mace sitting there somewhere going, well, what the hell did you bring me for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got an abundance of defenders. And I'm, I appreciate Steph's older now. And it will probably be her, like, I think it's her last year at the club. I think she, her contract ends next year. Yes, yeah, she's one-year extension. Yeah, so she'll probably go. But you, there's still a lot of defenders there. And if they're just hedging their bets in case of injuries again because of the summer, then, okay, fair enough. But that's not a reason to just sign players. But yeah, they're gonna. But in a sense, they've they've had such a mixed season of not having enough players available, and then they let a lot of them go. As you said, I mean, floundering, maybe, but just whatever plan they 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 have to have some kind of plan. Um, but whether it was started, whenever it was started or not, 
because everyone thought that he was going to be gone by Christmas and they didn't get rid of him. I will say on, on the city front, like it does make sense that most of their signings are coming in the back line. I, I see that as frankly, like a weak point for them. Um, you know, I, obviously Alana Kennedy was, was a big signing, but there've been a lot of mistakes made in the back that you can point to her and in, in the organization of the back line for, you mentioned Steph is, you know, out in the year and their back line is older. You look at their offense and it's just young talent after young talent and Ellen who, White, and Helen White <laughs> <laughs> who are just going to continue to develop. And I think they're just frankly not worried about that. And, the, and they're looking at their back line and saying, if we can secure this, then you know, that, that the, there's not much to worry about on the front line. Um, I think that that's a dangerous thought process though, to be honest. It's that whole thing of like, we'll just score as many goals as you can and we'll just concede a few. It doesn't matter. It's that kind of one outweighs the other, but actually it doesn't like, you know, if, if, if the forwards can't rely on the, the people at the back, then yeah, it creeps in. Of course. I mean, you defend with all 11 players, so it all it, it all needs to be cohesive. I, I see what they're doing with uh, trying to shore up a back line. Um, but, so, you know, most of the time when you see signings, you can kind of start to see the pieces come together and how they might work. Um, and it doesn't really seem like the pieces are fitting yet in the back line, but but maybe there will be more to come that will that will kind of shore things up. But um it seems like a lot of different pieces that don't fit together yet. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And it, I think, again, like this will probably be the biggest transfer window the women's game's seen, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, we were, we were talking briefly before, like, Leon have lost a lot of players through either injury or from leaving the club. And people are going to want to play for Leon. This is the team that just won a Champions League. They're going to want to as we've talked about that they can people are going to want to go there and they can afford to snap anyone up absolutely yep for sure so that's that would be the danger now like chelsea and man city getting their business done early is probably the plan because they know that leon are going to be snapping on any other big names heels well who do you think is at dan in danger of going everybody thought Miramar was going to go to leon um and you know su surprise of the season she stayed with arsenal who who do you think is in danger of being snatched up by somebody like Leon? I think she'll go next year. I think had they not have had yeah. Macario get injured, they would have progressed. And and that's the thing. It's these little injuries. Like also, um, Sarah Bjork, Gunnarsdott is leaving Leon as well. That's another player. So that's like eight or so of we're counting. Like that's a lot. And but Leon could just go anywhere. Um Miedemar probably next year. This year I I'm trying to think who's performed well. I'd be getting Lauren. I'd be going for Lauren Hemp if I was them. Yeah. I would, I would just, I think I said it on before and something. I'd just be going for anyone that's been like, yeah, okay. Lauren Hemp's one player, you know, young player of the year for the last four years. Why, why wouldn't you just say, oh, here's a load of money. Come play in France and win the Champions League. If it's a good environment, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some other U.S. players start to migrate over to the French League a little bit. It's, it's kind of historically been a trend some U.S. players going and playing over there. You know, Rapino played over there. Alex Morgan has played there. It, it, historically, it, it's just a place where a lot of U.S. players do go. Um, and obviously, if they're hearing good things from Macario and Haran, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw one or two migrate. Maybe not to Lyon, maybe to Lyon, but definitely to to the French League. See, I think I think Lyon are going to wait till the Euros because mm. the Euros, you're going to see some standout 
European talent, like you said, they don't have to wait to see if a price tag goes up because they will pay the price tag. So they'll watch the Euros, see who's doing well, who's been the star strikers and things like that, and they'll make their offers. And like you said, they've got so much to offer that they can be like, right, do you want to win the Champions League? Do you want to win titles? Do you want to, you know, be in as competitive as you want to be? Then come to us. And I think they will get the players that they want because we've seen some players where the decision was quite weird that they went for. But, you know, when we saw like Izzy Christensen go and we saw Greenwood go for a season, but it's the same thing. It's like, we can pretty much guarantee you success for at least a season. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, short, short-term contracts. <laughs> short-term contracts, short-term results. <laughs> that's, that's it. You want to win this, these leagues and these cops in this, in this season, come to us, we'll do it. And you can, you know, we'll give you a great standing of training. And, you know, like, I think, was it Van der Sanden or someone mentioned about how, like, regimented their training is and how, like, you know, it's not like anywhere else really in that in that way apparently and it's and it and it, it produces winners i have to say i don't think that they're i don't think it's going to be as easy for them as both of you are describing because uh, i think barcelona is also out for some blood and i think they're going to make some big signings and um you could argue you could definitely make the case that barcelona might have a little bit more to offer than leon do i want to play at camp do i want to play at camp you know in in front of 100,000 people sold out stadiums like that I, you bet i do so um, it, you know, it, it's not it's not a shoe in. Yeah, but Leon can France. offer them game time. They've got so many players out, whereas Barcelona have got a packed squad. You can say, yeah, you can play maybe five minutes at a hundred thousand seat uh, stadium camp new, or you can play in, you know, week in week out at Leon and win the Champions League. Fair enough, fair enough. But you know, players players do want to compete and like people were questioning for example like to tie it back to what you're saying about earlier about Sam Kerr people were questioning why Sam Kerr went to Chelsea like she started out coming off the bench and she fought for that playing time that she got and sometimes players want that challenge and and they want to play with you know a Ballon d'Or winner Ballon d'Or winner and and prove their place really in the, in the world of football so there Bar- Barcelona's not they've got some chinks in the armor. There's definitely places where they can turn over some spots. So I, I think it, it could be a battle. Yeah. I, I, again, I think that's why Chelsea and city getting their business done now for certain players is so that they don't have to worry about when those big clubs come out for blood. And because yeah, it's going to, it's going to be that it's going to be competitive. Everyone's going to want to either Barca wants to win or Leon think they can win it again. These clubs are going to be, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of money coming from Europe. I've got my eyes on Tottenham this transfer window. I, I really want to see what moves they're going to make. Um, obviously, they were, you know, sitting atop the league for the start um, and, and just slowly started to fall as they couldn't compete, I think, subs-wise and just like tired legs and everything. Um, and, and a couple good strategic moves could mean a lot to Tottenham and and so they're kind of like the number one that I have my eye on in this transfer window yeah I I I think I said it on something before I really want to see Ebony Salmon come back and just play for Tottenham someone like that I think having a young quick striker would be such a good move for for her I couldn't agree more I couldn't agree more she's been completely lost in the NWSL unfortunately and she's such a great young talent and I think part of going to the NWSL was to develop her game and um in different ways because you know the NWSL is a very different league from the WSL, but um, I think she's just gotten lost in the mix at Racing Louisville. 
and hopefully she's gained what she wants to gain from playing in the league, whether or not she was lost in, or, or, or not. But I definitely think that the WSL is better suited to her style of play and yeah. Tottenham could be a great place for her. That's it. They've got a lot of great players there. It's just that little, that's that final third of goal scoring and, you know, they, they just need a, that little bit of cohesion. And again, like they're going to be a, a decent team. And I think West Ham had, a, you know, they had their best season for a while. I think was it last this they had season? The best season gone? we've ever had. Last yeah. season. <laughs> for a while. Ever. No, ever. Genuinely. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And that's it. So it's all these clubs are going to be looking to reinforce in the right way. Although I heard Adriana Leon is possibly going to many clubs. Yeah. You know, um, it is what it is. Um, there's not much I can say about it, to be honest. Like we've, off- we've from what I've been told, we've offered her a contract. Like it was made clear when we asked her at the end of the season, Are you staying? She said, yes, been offered a contract. And now it seems to be that she's shopping around to see if she can get a better offer. Well, I mean, a lot of I mean, in shopping around is one thing, but if clubs are coming for her, you know, and it's having the, the power to keep her. Yeah. That's a, that's a very different scenario. And she's, uh, I guess I, she's one of these where I've never quite seen the best of her, I think. Like, you can see that when she's done for Canada she, and, and for West Ham, she is strong on the build-up and taking on. And I just haven't seen as many of her goals as I probably would have liked. And as I'm sure as if you would have liked yeah. it. It's got a few more goals and you know, crept up the league a little bit higher. But again, like there's lots of players like that that are like stars for their national team. A little almost I don't want to say lost, because I don't mean it like that, but they're not in that same they're probably not playing at that same level when they go back to uh, one of the outside of the sort of top four or five. Um, in the in the UK at the moment, not that West Ham aren't a good club, but and do you, yeah. and so that's no yeah. insult, but do you know what I mean? Like that's slightly different level of what I guess Bev Priestman and everyone's doing at the national team, and and that you know Konchesky is doing at West Ham at the moment. But I want to see what they do, I, and I I think they can do it if they keep her. It'd be great, and if they can get a motor in, then yeah. But then that that also speaks to the defenses in the league. You know, that it's not just her it's the other teams that are doing really well to stop her yeah it's getting more and more competitive as time goes on uh, sarah like you've you've watched a lot more of these games now in the last i guess last couple of years um or maybe before i don't know um because of the accessibility and you you yeah. must have seen it you must have seen the, the level go up a lot oh absolutely i started uh, it started becoming like much more accessible to me probably th- three years ago i want to say and yes, it's it's like night and day, even in three years. Um, the level has not only gone up like across the board, but we're starting to see more and more teams compete. I think, you know, now instead of two teams sitting at the top and, and it's a battle of two teams, it went from two teams to three teams. And now suddenly there's a moment this season where we're, we're looking at five teams and, and that is just going to keep growing and that is driving that competition level up. Um, it, it's the middle of the pack teams that drive it really, because it, it like it's these Tottenham's it's now these West Ham's who the signings they make in these off seasons matter because they're the ones who are driving the level of competition of the whole league up more. They're the ones who are making it more interesting for fans who, you know, they don't anymore just want to watch like a Chelsea versus Arsenal. They want to see, 
you know, they want to see this Arsenal Tottenham game because all of a sudden Tottenham can really cause some trouble in an Arsenal season. And it's those middle of the table teams that, that specifically I think in the last three years are, are to credit with driving that level of the league much higher. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it just makes Ali's trips around the country a little bit more exciting as well. Yes, you know, it makes getting up at 5am worth it. But I think I saw that the West Ham season ticket prices went up a little bit again. Yes. So crept up incrementally, which is good. I Pricing of women's football matches is a whole nother podcast. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, pay, pay what it's worth. <laughs> okay, anyone else that you think is missing at a club that should be at another club? I mean, we've mentioned her, but Ruby Mace needs to leave Man City. Just, like, I know she yeah. went there for a specific reason. And to be honest, she was doing really well at Arsenal. I think she would have done better at Arsenal um, if she had stayed. Um, but she went for a specific reason. And she's played, what, a handful of cup games? She, she did well, though. I felt she did very, did really that's it. That's the thing, though. She was good in those games. But it's like, when you, as we were saying, that they've been dire in defenders and they haven't had any defenders because of injuries, yet he'd rather play Georgia Stanway, who's a midfielder going on striker as a defender than an actual defender in Ruby Mace. It made no sense. So if I was her, I would go to a Tottenham, West Ham, a Reading, just the Brighton to get to get to get the game time and get the uh, because she wants to play for England. You know, she's got to get that game time under her belt. So, yeah, personally, I'd say Ruby Mace leave Man City and Go find a club that will actually play you. I like that. I'm going to throw out Beth England. I mean, I love her and I, I, I respect any star who can play, um, I, I, I'm going to say, like more of a supporting role like she has at Chelsea. And um, obviously, like a player's development under Emma Hayes is, is going to be top in the world you know you're, you're not going to go somewhere where you're going to get really like better coaching <laughs> than than playing under Emma Hayes every day but I would just love for her to have more playing time and I think it would be interesting to see her at a at a club where she starts and she plays 90 every single game I would really love to see that for for a lot of reasons for her for the more of a distribution of talent across the league um I, I would I would actually really like to see Beth England go somewhere else Maybe to United. Yeah, like Ab- they, absolutely. They could they could use because I think Martha Thomas just hasn't no. quite. She's the nine, but she's not the nine. Speaking of, that's another player who definitely needs to find a a team that I mean, United just doesn't play the style that Martha Thomas is really suited for. Frankly, Tottenham does. I think Martha Thomas would be great at a Tottenham. Um, so I I would actually like to see her go there. Yeah, Martha Thomas, absolutely. And I know she's already gone, but I have to throw out, Topin Heath needs to find a team that's uh, better suited to her style of play, even though she, I know she's already she's already gone from Arsenal. We still have yet to see where she'll end up in the NWSL, assuming it is the NWSL. Maybe it's maybe it's not, but that's obviously my assumption. You'd, ha- you'd have to assume that she's going to Angel City, but, I mean, if they haven't got the spots available... you, I mean, Angel City needs her more than a San Diego, but um, if I'm Tobin Heath and I liked playing for Casey Stoney, I think San Diego is one of the most promising teams in the NWSL right now, not just for this season, but for the next two, three, 
Like they're, they're looking absolutely fantastic. And if she liked playing for Casey Stoney, that's a great situation right there. Yeah, I, I do. I agree. I mean, they say maybe Lucy Bronze is going to San Diego as well. Um, but then I saw something today. Well, Angel City got some international spot. I don't know about how all these things work, but Claire Emsley's apparently on the way to Angel City. And so if they don't get Tobin Heath, they're getting Claire Emsley and Claire yeah. Emsley's good. These these teams these specifically I think that these these new NWSL teams and um I heard Scott Scott Parkinson, the Gotham FC head coach, spoke about this a little bit that it, this was the first time in NWSL history that two expansion teams had been added at the same time. And, and in his perspective, a lot of clubs kind of panicked in order to protect their core and gave away a little bit more than they needed to. Um, and that includes money. And so both of these teams, both of these new teams, San Diego and Angel City, specifically Angel City, who, you know, we know has like the backing of Hollywood, basically, have money to pay and you could see some big names like that go yeah and, and i don't know if you saw on instagram or whatever social media but all, a lot of the wsl girls have been over there just chilling out with yep. carly telford and people <laughs> right so like everyone's like oh my god like maybe they'll sign for that team nearby and it's like mm. You As know. a personal anecdote, I saw on their on their Instagram story, they were at like a, the, a beach, like in literally where I was from and where I am from in San Francisco, where I like walked our dogs and everything. And I was like, "Oh my god, they're <laughs> in my hometown!" <laughs> and that's it. Like, I think like Lucy Bronze has kind of won everything she needs to win at a domestic level, and so she, America makes sense for her to go back over there to sort of play a bit. I think it would be great to bring a new challenge to her. I think you can kind of tell sometimes when a player's gotten everything they need or can get out of a league and they need a new challenge. That's why Sam Kerr went to the WSL. I mean, obviously among other reasons, but it was a new challenge for her and look, it's done wonders. Um, as you can tell, I love Sam Kerr. I'll tie it back to her <laughs> anytime, any place. <laughs> like, and I, did you, did you hear the uh, snacks podcast of her earlier in the week? I haven't heard all of it, but I've definitely okay. heard part of it. Yeah. So, like, Unless Christy Mewis goes to the UK, like she'll be back in the States at the end of that contract from, for all intensive purposes. Yeah, if, you never know. If that whole thing keeps going, which it sounds like it is, which is not when this isn't, this isn't a, a gossip dating podcast, but <laughs> I mean, you know, it's there for all to see now really and listen. I mean, it is funny to think about just because like this, it does have an impact. Like we're talking about Tobin Heath going to San Diego or Angel City for a reason here. You know, we're not throwing other names out because we all, it's not a gossip or dating podcast, but we all know why. Yeah. Kaz Weir could go to Leon, and I would love to see that. Like, that, like everyone's been saying, like, Real Madrid and places, and it's like, actually, Leon have got a lot of space now. Kaz Weir at Leon would be great. I mean, Real Madrid's got a lot of space too, though. But they're still not... They, they've got that sort of Spanish and... Um, what's the word? The the club, the sort of the, the club and the manager differences. Mm. I think maybe not so much at the moment, but then they've, they've let they let a few players go. Mm. That league is a bit weird because Barca are just running away with it. So it's mm -hmm. you know you've really got to think right. I, I, do I want to fight or do I want to do I want to actually progress and achieve something? Which is a whole different subject, especially at that level. Yes and no. I mean, it's not like the French league is that competitive. I mean, it's like PSG or Lyon and that's it. 
at least there was a battle for third in the Spanish league, you oh, know? Yes, I know. Um, very aware of the battle for third. Um, <laughs> but, and that's it. Like, and that's why Atleti won't get as many nice players, or as nice players, <laughs> as good players, because they lost their Champions League spot. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, like City, again, going back to City, they, they've got their Champions League spot and they can't keep players. So, yeah. By the skin of their teeth. They're all, then there's no teeth left. <laughs> it, it's to see. It's all gone. It's just skin. And it looks horrible. Would you like to move on to short contracts now, Carl? Yes, short contracts. Yeah, yeah. We're sort of talking about. I'm not depressed. I'm fine. I'm fine. Are you a City fan, Tom? No. Are you allowed to say your allegiance? I'm, I'm Atletico. Are you? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, if you'd have listened to the podcast, like you said, you had, you'd have hey, definitely, now, definitely bro, heard me I've mention listened. it I, I haven't time. heard every single episode, <laughs> but of course I've listened. <laughs> I listen to the, the Woe Show show all the time. The Woe Show 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 show. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't believe it because you know you can't even say the name of the podcast, Tom. No, we're so 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 so. I'm just kidding. The we're so so so. I don't pay for the pat- Patreon, so I haven't heard the kits and fits. But everything else, I listen to. I listen. To, I, live, I listen to it weekly, and which is like I've got to try and remember not to zone out when you two are talking because it's I'm actually involved in this podcast <laughs> rather than just being a spectator on something for a change. So well, now I feel bad, and I'll listen. I'll listen frequently now instead of just occasionally. It's quite all right. Um. <laughs> You know, and we'll, we'll come back to that moment. But yes, short contracts, short contracts. How does your players grow with two years or even one year? In some cases, a six month loan deal. I know Allie has thoughts on this. Yeah, I have many. I know Allie has thoughts on this. I have many Go. thoughts and opinions. Yeah. Um, the answer is they don't. Um, is the, is the <laughs> they, you can't grow. I think the problem women's football has got is because we are growing, and I include myself in this, we are growing exponentially and we are growing at a rate of knots that it, every club seems to be after the next big thing. And that's what why we seem to be on these short contracts because we don't want to lock down a player that in two years' time is going to be obsolete compared to the next young thing that's burst on the thing. So we mm. keep um, that. We're always after the next big thing, it seems, with clubs. And we don't give them chances to grow and things like that and we've seen that women footballers are more prone to a very specific injury in the ACL and therefore we don't want to give the opportunity that we're going to lock someone down for five years and we don't play them for two and a half while they're getting back with the ACL but then you look at like men's clubs for example and I'll talk about West Ham because that's the one I know both sides about um Angelo Bonner did his ACL in and instantly the club's like we've renewed his contract for another year so he's got the time to heal and he doesn't have to worry about Mm-hmm. I can't see another t- WSL club doing that with with an ACL injury. Like, there's always talk about like Jordan Oms is going to go because you know she's been injured and Arsenal want get rid and things like that. So yeah, so that's my biggest th- thing is the reason. And then it causes frustration with fans because fans hate to see their players go and they always get annoyed when there's a mass exodus at the end of the season and that's it. Club's going down, everything's going to hell, and then it doesn't. But it just seems to be this big boom and bust um, thing with the women's contract cycle. Yeah, I mean, and because of the way they set it up from before, that anyone that is, I guess, in the last sort of four or five years, everyone's slowly either been, if maybe they were given a one-year extension or something like that, but the 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 departure rate is so high at some clubs. Mm-hmm. It's and, and yeah, it is sad to see. 
um, like a lot of these players aren't earning a huge amount of money, and especially not in a position where, like you said, with Ogbonna, like they said they'll look after him. He'll be okay. He's probably got yep. a lot of money sitting there, and he's <laughs> made some very bad investments. Um, you know, so like if he if he didn't play for a year, he'd be okay, and they would still they could still provide services. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I, I fully agree. And I, I would love to see longer contracts for the exact reason that Ali just said. And like for the game to grow, there needs to be player development. And for there to be player development, there needs to be room for players to feel like they can take their time and develop and slowly in, be incorporated into a system and get used to a head coach and so on and so forth. And I will also just say the other side of this because I, I think there needs to be some light shed on it, is that there, there is some positive to so much mobility. I think we're, we're, we're at, we're too far to one end. Like there, there is far too much, but I think that going back the to fully the other way brings some danger as well. I know this is a soccer podcast, but I'm going to just bring it in. Cause I think it's a perfect example. The WNBA, the women's professional basketball league here there's almost no mobility and you, and you hear players at, like saying there that there needs to be more because otherwise it becomes stale and the league becomes stale and the product becomes stale and it becomes frustrating. I think for players, if we're just stuck at a team that's stuck at the bottom, that's not fun for anybody. So there, there obviously needs to be some mobility. I think there, there, there always will be because nobody's going to sign, you know, a player who isn't, who's sitting on the bench to a seven year deal. Um, so I, I think we'll, we'll, it'll obviously be there, but I, I think maybe, I think maybe there will always be a little bit more mobility in the women's game than there is in the men's for, for that, for that reason. I don't and know because it, the game yeah. is growing so quickly. It, it kind of needs it. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't know how it's happening at a, a sort of out of Academy level. So like the, the, anyone that's got their first contracts, maybe they're being signed for longer now so that if they are, as good as people think they are, they can get some money out of them maybe in a few mm. years. It's not as reported on as because there's only mm. so many reporters that can do it and get it out there and they don't, you know, they won't maybe put that in their headlines. But a lot of those players, like, and that's how they do it at like at the academies and the, the men's, I guess. They just sign them on for a long term and then they ship them out, whatever they do for loans, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And if they actually are any good, they'll earn that money back. They'll earn, you know, God, you know, God knows how much money they'll earn back by, you know, a little bit of investment early on. And it's, it, it, I think that's how it will go if it hasn't already started, just because I don't know the inside business of the, of the clubs and that, but it's, that's the only way for them to really make any money moving forward, surely. Yeah, I think the, the game just needs to keep growing around the world. You know, as it keeps growing, there's more places for them to loan players out to, for example, like as the Spanish league has developed now, now all of a sudden that becomes a viable option of, you know, getting returns for your players. So as the game keeps developing, I think we will but keep the seeing contracts that. contracts also shooting the club yeah. in the foot. Because again, we look talk about the aforementioned Ruby Mace. Yeah. Don't think Man City paid anything for her because it was right before she had to commit to Arsenal and she went, nah, I'm going. And therefore she wasn't. So therefore yeah. they got this up and coming talent that they had probably put in years and, lots of resources in and we're banking on that if we couldn't use her we could sell her off and make money and the short contract that she was on just before her 18th birthday she was like i'm out bye it's a good point ali like it's not beneficial for the clubs either and i'm really curious if there's reasoning other than like obviously what you brought up has to be part of it of of injuries and and women's soccer is 
I think the most prone to ACL injuries, second most in the, in, in terms of concussions, it's just a lot. I wonder if there are any other reasons for the clubs when they're looking at these contracts and I, cause I can't really think of any, but it's not very, ben, it's not beneficial to them, Yeah. but there's gotta be something. Yeah. I mean, like they're either providing how they've probably already got housing set up. I'm assuming a lot of these places now, like, I think we talked about yeah. this before, Ali, like the housing yeah. situation is terrible. Um, especially if you're bringing someone in for two years, then they've got, a, you know, like in the men's side, they have obviously a lot more money and able to just go and do what they need to do. But you're bringing in, I don't know, Dana Castellanos, where are you going to put her in Man City for two years? You know, like, or three years, however long it's supposed to be. Like, you've got to think about all those things, and especially at a lower rate, it, about progression. And, you know, if they've only got her for two years, what does that mean? What do they want from her in two years? Because that's, well, that's super specific expectations as well like if they're going to win the league in, in one year or two years especially if they've got to get used to playing in it well look at Lasada. like i know she's had a bit of an injury but she's she's yeah. not done what everybody thought she was going to do at man city they brought her in to be like mm-hmm. oh help us win the champions league finally they went out in like not even the first round it was like the first qualifier thing yeah to real madrid she's not really done anything compared to what they thought she would do so and but she was playing when they were like deep in injury crisis as well for a bit i think she was in that middle <laughs> but then got injured herself so it's a uh, yeah i mean trying to avoid any kind of injury i mean that i know that like i don't know if you've been watching the the does own uh chelsea documentary i haven't yet i'm so excited it's very i'm good. so excited it's very good i'm you know very happy with their content thus far um but Emma Hayes, just at the start of the second one, not to spoil it, because it's not really a spoiler, but just says, okay. right. I was going to say, I think I'm going to take my headphones off if there's a spoiler. <laughs> just go, but she just goes in and says, right, you know, period. This is what we need to know. This is what we need to do. You like, And it's mostly a room of men. Just like, you need to understand, if you didn't already, what our athletes are doing mm. at these times of the month to help them keep them at the right place so that they don't get injured. And I don't mm-hmm. think don't think Chelsea had an ACL injury in the last two years. It's a really big, important point. Like Chelsea, I think have arguably the best, if not, you know, one of the best support staffs. And we talk about this a lot on the women's soccer show of like these smaller things matter so much as part of what the U S women's national team was fighting for in, in equal pay it wasn't just about pay, it's about resources. And part of resources are training staff, athletic trainers, eating the right thing, somebody who knows their body, whose recovery, these are professional athletes and for what they're doing to their body, some injuries can be prevented with the right resources put behind them. So part of what we're talking about in terms of all of these injuries that are happening, um, obviously not all of them, but definitely some can be prevented by things like this, um, more investment in the game, meaning more investment in better training pitches, better training rooms, better training staff, if so on and so forth. And maybe that's where to start. And then longer contracts will follow. Yeah. I'd like to see at least, at least, you know, one or two more years, like for, especially for someone that you're, you know, you've broke the bank for, as it were, you know, like just to make sure they stay and they're in a comfortable environment because thinking you're going to have to go somewhere in two years after the first 
you know, eight months, say you're not having a great time, that's going to start playing in your mind, surely. Hmm. Like, Absolutely. Um, I was going to say, I think Marin Mielda had an ACL. <laughs> so after I said that, I was like, oh, oh yeah, crap, Marin Mielda had an ACL. Um, yeah, things but, happen. That's why we said not all. So yeah, I think they've, they've had quite a good, I think they've had quite a good injury yeah. thing for it though. So as a, as an example of like, I think Chelsea have been quite lucky with that. Um, it's not to say that well, it isn't going to happen because yeah, uh, it does happen sadly more often than not. So yeah, yeah. The Casey current, the, um, they are, well, I don't know if the, how the facilities in the States compares to facilities over here, but it looks like they're really putting it all in. Um, as it stands anyway, like they're already training on those pitches and that building looks pretty decent. It's that's mirrored across other teams. I know that. Yeah, no, it varies. It varies so much team by team. And I don't actually know that there's even NWSL like minimums or standards that teams have to meet for pitches or anything like that. And it's a huge draw. I mean, you look at how many players they've been able to recruit like Sam Mewis and so on and so forth. And part of that is being treated like a professional athlete and that's facilities. And that's, you know, part of why angel city has what they have. They're selling out bank of America, bank of California stadium every single day. And they're treating them like true professional athletes and resources behind the scenes. But there's a big difference. I mean, just three years ago, Gotham FC, the formerly sky blue FC were playing, in the middle of nowhere in New Jersey in, you know, a, a college stadium that had metal bleacher seats on one side. That and was no changing rooms and no changing rooms and so on and so forth. So like there, there's, there's a huge discrepancy and there's a long way to go. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, obviously there's no very little crossover with the men's teams, I guess. Maybe a few places, maybe Houston. I don't know. I don't know how how many, if any, share facilities or or even n- near any facilities of uh, of an MLS team. Yeah, that's that's kind of where it differs because they're not connected at all. Yeah. Like the two leagues are completely separate. Um, teams share stadiums, like Red Bull Arena, for example, is the New York Red Bulls MLS team stadium, and um, that's where Gotham FC now plays but they have to rent the stadium for New York Red Bulls. They're not sharing facilities or anything like that. So, yeah, we. They, I mean, there's a huge benefit to them being separate um, in terms of marketing and such, and then there's also a huge downside when it comes to that. But uh, we have to also remember that, you know, the MLS isn't the English Premier League. The resources are different there too. Yeah. I mean, I just mean, you know, they're still professional athletes, as it were, um, so there should be – You'd imagine there would have been a little bit of crossover on the days that they maybe weren't using all of those facilities. But I mean, the MLS is a, separate from the NWSL as it is from like the NBA. You yeah, know, yeah. they're, oh, yeah. just, they're yeah. totally separate. But it's a shame. It's a shame that like, I guess the the men's teams have just set up their own tiny because they don't really have academies, I guess, in the same way as well. So they'll just smaller be like, academies. Yeah. yeah. So they'll be like, well, we need like two pitches maximum. And we are, you know, we're only training maximum 30 men, I guess. So we don't need any space. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the difference between men's football here versus men's football there is it is a smaller in Denver and it's a smaller market. It's a smaller business. It's smaller everything, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why (laughs) the MLS sucks. (laughs) And it can be a benefit to the women, too, because it's like, um, you know, we've talked about this, like the women don't have to live in the shadow. Yeah. Yeah. as much as the WSL and the English Premier League. I mean, the, the 
the men are living in the women's shadow in the States, surely. I sure, appreciate you saying sure, that. Well, no, I mean, it, you know, like, surely that's the case. Um, and, you know, yeah. Unfortunately, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, any final transfer desires? Who would you, who do you want? So, am I right in thinking you, you were an Arsenal fan? I'm an Arsenal fan. Yeah. I am. And I was going to say as much as this would hurt Arsenal, um, Allie, Allie called out Jordan Nobbs and I just love Jordan Nobbs and I only want the best for her. <laughs> um, and I just think that she's better than how she's been treated at Arsenal. And um, I would like, I would like to see her in an environment where her confidence can grow more and she can really, really shine. Where would you, where would you see her if she Come to West Ham. Well, <sighs> That's a really great, I, I actually, that was, that was the first team that came to mind, <laughs> but I don't want to lose her to Allie. So I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I was actually thinking United. I was going to say, I Brighton. think that they could really use her. Brighton, Brighton could, I mean, everybody could use her. I think she could really take United to the next level though. I mean, um, I think she could really just take over like Katie's Ellum's spot, to be honest, in that midfield. That's fair. I was going to say just for, for Hope Powell, like if she, I imagine that she would have crossed over, did she cross over England maybe? Just, I think, I think she made her debut just as, because Jordan's been playing for England a long time. Yeah, that's it. So I guess before Samson got in, she must have been there in, in some capacity. So I, I thought she might go to see Hope Powell and say, hey, down the road, sort of Brighton to London. Um, and, you know, and reconnect with a manager that she has worked with before and knows is, you know, pretty good. Rather as, you know, someone else. I don't know. I don't know what she'd feel comfortable with. I'm going to throw another curveball and say I, I, I'm going to I'm going to name somebody who I'd like to see stay, and that's Hannah Hampton. Stay in Villa. I think I would like to, I would like to see that for the simple reason of like distribution of talent that I was mentioning before, and I would like to see good players start to stay at their clubs and help build. And she's everything to them right now, so I, I would like to see her stay beyond the next year of her contract. Yep. Is she only on a two years at Villa then? All yeah, right. I would, yeah, I'd imagine they'll keep her. I mean, I, Chelsea like a tall keeper, so I don't know. She wouldn't go there. Arsenal could do with someone really, but I don't know if she's, she would be the answer. But again, like, yeah, Villa, like all these teams need to reinforce in the right ways, and then it's going to be another strong season. I mean, I think she's the future of the England national team. So I think at, at the end of her contract, she can go wherever she wants. Um, and I'd like to see her stay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Any, uh, any other curveballs, Alex? I, was say, I don't really have curveballs, straight balls, you, whatever um, you want. I would like Lisa Evans to come back to us. Officially, we had to let her go. I agree. The loan deal, but she's officially announced she's leaving Arsenal. I think she fit in well with us. I think she got a new lease of life with us she was scoring goals she was making things happen getting an assist and i think we we're a good fit you just have to move house you can stay in the same city she knows the team she knows the facilities she knows the coaches so i personally would like to see lisa sign permanently for us that would be a really nice thing for west ham um yeah but that's the main one i think like i think like sarah said it'd be nice to keep the good players at the clubs that they are like it's really nice to see that ashley neville has cemented her future at Tottenham. 
because she has mm-hmm. been a shining star for Tottenham and there's rumour that Man United wanted her and she's not, she's stuck it. I mean, yeah, again, it's another two, two and a half year contract, but she has committed her future for the time being at the club that has helped build her and she's been with since they were, you know, leagues and leagues below. I'd like to see you sign a centre back, Allie. We do need to sign a centre back, that is true. Well, I, mean, I don't know just, who, but I'd like to see it. <laughs> Spurs, Spurs have retained a lot of their players as well. If only only mm-hmm. four have gone as it stands. Yep. So they actually made a point of signing new contracts this year, which is good. It shows that the ones that have worked and done well are being rewarded for it. So that's a that's a good good stance from Rahan um, Skinner to, to adopt. So and Absolutely. People, people around the league will see that as well. Players will see that. They're just not two years and out. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's, a, that is it's a great, well. it's a sign that the players like it and that they yeah. want to have that, a curveball. Oh, oh. I was thinking about it is again, I'm thinking just about my own team, thinking about West Ham, but I would like us to sign Megan Walsh from Brighton. Ooh, I love that. As a back as a backup to Maka. Mackenzie Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. Because I but, would like to see what Megan Walsh could actually do because she's a cracking keeper, but unfortunately it's been with teams that have got terrible defence. So... <laughs> Well, that was what we said about, um, who was I saying about defensively going to Brighton? I said, uh, oh crap, it's gone. I said it earlier in the, earlier in yeah. the recording, but I think they re- reinforced their defence. I think, yeah, she'll be okay. Um, I think that she wouldn't go knowing she wouldn't get first team, always first team football, because at Brighton, she's pretty much, you know, yeah. on the sheet. So that would be interesting. I like, you know, I want to see it. I've got, I, this year, i, I Plans to watch a lot more of the games than I did, um, despite watching quite a lot of the games. But there's so many games. It's hard when they're all on at the same time. Oh, I mean, I don't know who scheduled that, but it's terrible. <laughs> I just cancelled. I just cancelled my Now TV because I think I worked out that paying monthly is more expensive than just buying the day pass for the days that the really games, the games I can't see are on. So that's yeah. too bad. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going to buy a buy a thing every time, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. But mm-hmm. but it saves, it saves like fifty quid or something, which is when you think about it, it's actually quite it's significant. A lot. If they had like a WSL package, that would be great. Um, because and I didn't, I wasn't going to get onto this part of it, but you know, like next year, Dazone's going to be charging for Champions League. They've got a four year deal, two year free, two year charging. They're going to need to bring something else in if they want to get a lot of the, uh, you know, more of the women's football fans in. They're going to need some other leagues or something to be able to make a good a good amount of money, I feel. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's a good opportunity for them to do it if they're going to do it because that's going to, that's the competition that everyone's watching. It's definitely a good opportunity. I think, I mean, the Champions League is growing like like wildfire. I think that they're, I think they've, they're, they're kind of set if they've just got Champions League, to be honest. And everybody was applauding their coverage of it. They do a, a fantastic job. I think if they can do that one thing really well, as the game keeps growing, they're in a good spot. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. I just think if they had, like, if they had, like, the Spanish League as well or if, totally. they, had, if they had something else just as a... Cause, totally. Because there's, there's months where the Champions League won't be on. So it's yeah. like, so it's how people are going to cancel their subscriptions and things like that in between if they haven't got something that's running alongside it. I so, mean, yeah. I'd love for them to buy the NWSL because right now it's just a pain in the butt to watch on a million different channels all the time. Sometimes on Twitch, so it's, it's just a disaster. So that's, that's I, my plea. <laughs> all I've seen is like screenshots of like digital 
failures from the and uh, from the, the streams and people just like yeah this is great <laughs> it's not but it's not like the fa player is that much better so <laughs> yeah like yeah the one one camera and one guy just chatting away is oh, it's not the equivalent the of how my parents watched my college soccer games which is deeply upsetting yeah it yeah exactly no replays no nothing well no they got replays now i think but yeah okay right thank you very much both of you um unless there's any other uh weird and wonderful suggestions <laughs> i'm sure there will be as soon as we hang up yep. <laughs> always oh, i meant to say about uh someone going somewhere that was going to be great <laughs> and there's so many that's it there's so many good teams and there's so many good players and it's that is the like the fun part of all of this and which is why i wanted to get it get a, a discussion around this out early it's because it's it's interesting it's exciting it's you know before the euros everyone's gonna be like where are these players gonna go what are these players gonna do and it's it's building that momentum around the game as well which is not always the most favored part but it's exciting because very because the fans the fans in women's football are different to the fans in men's football and they want to make they want the best for their players mm-hmm and they will never forget. They never forget. <laughs> they never forget. They never forget. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, thank you so much for this time on the Friday. Um, thank you for having us. When when are, when are you two, are you two doing some Euros coverage on the, oh, the you social know show, it. show? We've got we've got big big plans for Euros coverage. Yep. Um, we are coming back with a Euros preview. Correct me if I'm wrong, Allie, uh, dropping the 5th of July. Ah, yes. No. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. 5th of July, UK time, um, which I believe is 5th of July. Uh, sorry, July 5th, um, US time. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, yeah. It's a 7-5 or 5-7, however you do the dates. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Well, yeah, I look forward to that. Um, I think we're going to do some Euro stuff as well, just uh, because, yeah, you know, you've got it. It's going to be very exciting. Um, and we're going to get to go to the games. Yay. As is Sarah. Sarah, by the way. If oh, you're coming it, over. It's coming over. I'll be there. Which which ones? Uh, be, I'll be there for the end of it, for the semis and the final. I think, I think. Because I love I'm a that. U.S. fan, so I go for the semis and the final. <laughs> I'm just going to say it before both of you say it. <laughs> I was about to say, you, you know that the USA are going to win this one, though, right? Yeah. You, know, you know that that's happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, otherwise, I would have just, you know, come for the final because there's no use in going anything else if it's the U.S. <laughs> well, like, just I had think... to piss everybody off at me before I <laughs> yeah. sign off. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Well, yeah, it's going to, I was talking to someone else about this earlier very quickly that I think that this final sold out and, you know, no teams have played a minute of football yeah. in the Euros competition yet. And I love that. I love that they're going to have to keep some tickets for some fans, right? Surely. So I don't know. But uh, if not, then, yeah, it's just going to be a bunch of neutrals, <laughs> in theory, <laughs> just celebrating women's football. And I think I love that even more. I love that, too. However it goes, as long as those stands are full, we're going to be happy. Exactly. Right. I'll let you get back to your days and evenings. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah. Um, Thank you. Looking forward to being on more as the Euros continue. Yes. Thanks again to Ali and Sarah from the Women's Soccer Show. You can catch them when they come back on July 5th. And they're all on the socials. They're always posting stuff about the NWSL anyway. And yeah, keep an eye on the Since 71 blog because we've always got stuff going up, especially in the lead into the Euros. Thanks again for listening. 
And if you have the opportunity to rate or subscribe the podcast, please do and give us any feedback because we appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.